Welcome to the Cosmic Healing Podcast. This is the show for the soul who is excited to welcome in more freedom, abundance, and quantum healing in their life. Hi, I'm Vaughn. My magic is in treating all aspects of this human existence, mind, body, and spirit, because it is all connected. In this podcast, I will be sharing stories of transformation so you can know, witness, and understand what's possible for you too when we play together in the cosmos. Let's go. Hello, and welcome back to the Cosmic Healing Podcast. Oh my gosh. I am, I know I say this about every episode, but I'm like really, really excited about this episode because I have Whitney Tugas with us. She is a pleasure and intimacy educator. And we are going to be talking about sex and sensuality and just all the fun kind of things that we really don't get to talk about that often and things that, I mean, I love, love talking about sex, but you know, you got to kind of know your audience, right? And so I'm with a great audience right now where I really get to dig into these conversations. So hello, Whitney. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Vaughn. Oh, I am really excited. So I, I really, as with a lot of, um, relationships in today's digital world. I really have no idea how we connected, except it was through Instagram. I saw your, your name. I saw your face and I was like, I have to be friends with her. Like we are, and we just started like this little instant messenger romance. And then you were at, uh, you were the guest speaker at Tracy Litt's event. Um, and you spoke in front of these 75 women that I was just at, you know, in January and you just were amazing. You killed it. I mean, you woke so many of those women up with your powerful conversation. And so I'm just really excited for us to have this conversation today so we can just dig in even deeper. So, um, what, tell us about what does, I mean, I kind of know what it means to be a pleasure and intimacy educator, but what does that mean to you? I thank you so much for sharing that. I, I just realized before I answer that, I don't think I've ever shared with you, like something dropped in as you were describing how we connected, you were in my orbit for about a year before we connected. I dated someone briefly, very briefly who was a client of yours and raved about your sessions. And I was like, oh, Vaughn, I've heard that name. And then a friend of mine met with you for a business partnership and was telling me about it. I was like, oh yeah, Vaughn, I'm hearing her name a lot. And then somehow we found each other on Instagram and this, I have no idea what this connection is, but it's like I knew you. I remember the first time I saw you in person was probably a year or so. I like jumped into your arms <laughs> it was at Karangi in November. Anyway, I just I had to share that because it just it came through, and I don't think I've ever shared that with you. But oh um, yeah, I did not know that. Oh, that makes it even more divine. That was just all a matter of divine timing before really our, until we got to like be in each other, and then we were roomies at the event, and so now we just. It's official. We are yes. together forever and yes. all that good stuff. Vaughn, you're one of my people. Yes. So a pleasure and intimacy coach, what do I do? I help 
I work mostly with women with vulvas in this capacity. And what I do is I help educate and awaken them to all that is possible to experience within their bodies, not just in terms of physical pleasure, which is limitless and their bodies are innately wired to experience it, but also the incredible healing, like the soul level rewiring that happens when they allow themselves access to those those pathways of healing. And because of the society that we are raised in and the way we're taught about our bodies and our pleasure and the messages that we're explicitly or implicitly receiving throughout our lives, this isn't knowledge that most women have. This isn't something that most women know even exists, let alone that it's possible for them. So I see it as one of my my life callings to open the door for women to step through into their initiation of this incredible power that lies within their bodies for them to experience. Yes. The incredible power that lies within their bodies. So, Ooh, um, I feel like, like that, that is so exactly it, right? Like we are so powerful and there is so much abundance that exists within us on a cellular level. And it's like the more that we heal and the more that we allow ourselves to be fully expressed, like the more expressive we get to be. And that especially is with, with our orgasms and with our ecstasy. And I know for me personally, I'll just kind of share a little bit of my story because man, oh man, has my, um, has my intimacy, not only with myself, but with my husband changed in ways that I never thought possible. It's just, this is such an important topic because I, I am more, I am having more orgasms, more like wild, crazy sex than ever before. And I'm about to turn 50. So, um, it's funny because I, my mom, always told me that sex is a beautiful thing, but it, it should only be done with someone that you love. And so she told me that like when I was in high school and I was like, okay, like, all right, cool. That's, that sounds great. So she never was like, you have to be married or anything like that because, well, my mom wasn't married when she had me, whatever. So she was just like, you know, let's be honest. Sex is a beautiful thing. It needs to be done with someone you love. So here I am like going all through high school, all through college. Your girl never was falling in love. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm just waiting on love. And then 23, I'm like, you know what? I don't know that I really, I mean, I appreciate what my mom said, but I'm like, I don't know that I need to be in love to actually have sex. Like I kind of just want to have sex and like, you know, have the experience because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sexual person. Like we're all sexual people, but I'm a cancer and I'm like one of those secret freaks, you know, <laughs> water signs. I'm right. <laughs> I know we're like, uh, like what we're so sweet and innocent, but it's like, really you're a freak in the bed. And so I didn't realize that because none of that had ever been, had the opportunity to explore. And so long story short, I didn't mean to have sex with a rando at 23, but I did, I lost my virginity 
to a man that I had never met before, but oh my God, like it was the most epic experience ever. Like if there was a lineup of like 1200 men, I would have picked him. I would have picked that experience. It was the most perfect thing ever. And who gets to say that about their first time, right? Like, so it really was so amazing. And I really do love my, my story of my, my first sexual experience. Cause it really was like epic, but, um, anyway, so that really, you know, once I explored that, I was like, cause I had an orgasm the very first time I had sex, which I think is also very rare. And I was like, Oh my God, like I did not know my body could feel that way and could express in that way. And so fast forward, I met my husband when I was 28, 29. And I remember one of the first times that we, um, well, we had, we had been intimate together several times, but I remember this one particular time that I had an orgasm and I cried and it was so, it was such a beautiful healing. And I didn't know what was happening to my body. I was like, I felt this wave of emotion move through me and I just could not stop crying. And he was precious and, you know, we were in love and just, he held me so beautifully and it was all beautiful tears. It was like literally like purging and, and healing and all of that beautiful stuff. So I want to talk about that, like the, the tears that can come with an orgasm, the healing that can come with an orgasm. Yes. So Thank you for sharing that. That's really beautiful. I I think that, like you said, it's not something that every woman has experienced. And you had this beautiful initiation into the awakening of your sexual self with a partner. I did also. And I think that it's something that I, I talk about with tenderness and with care because I know that most women don't have that experience as their first time. And the first time sexuality is really core to who we are as humans. And if it is violated or not handled with care, it's deeply, deeply wounding. Now, the flip side of that is that that aspect of ourself also offers opportunity for profound healing. But so often women's first experience of sex is not connected, loving, nurturing, certainly not healing, and very rarely transformative. And that is the foundation. That's the precedent that's set for sex for a lot of women. And I think that one of the things that is important for me to express in my work with women, because I have a similar story to yours, like sex has always been a place of celebration and safety. Let me take that back. It started as that. I lost touch with that connection to it. And then I found it again in more profound, deeper, more transformative ways than I ever knew possible. And I think a lot of women start in that middle point of where I was, of not feeling connected to their sexual selves, not having permission to fully be that part of themselves, having these expectations that sex is for the man or for their partner or that to be a good lover, a good woman, they have to give and give and give and not learning how to receive. There's so much to rewire and to rework when that is your starting point. And I want to hold with care and compassion 
and empathy, anyone hearing that who hears your story and thinks, oh, but that wasn't me, or hears my story and thinks, oh, but I couldn't have that. And I want to say to you, you can, you are meant to. I have, I have restarted from the point where you might be and have reached levels that I'm still learning what lies beyond them. I'm still in awe of all of the incredible magical things that our bodies gift us with. It is not impossible for you. You do not have to have this pristine, beautiful first experience to unlock what your body has capacity to experience. And I wanna be really clear in sharing that because I think that in the times that I haven't done that, I have unintentionally created a story in someone that it isn't for them and it's for all of us. Yes. But I think that your story is beautiful and illustrates like what is possible when you step into sex from a place of connection to yourself, like bringing someone into connection with themselves first and foremost and understanding what their yes feels like and their no feels like and how to follow that with sovereignty and with grounding and and to share it in a way that's an invitation and a gift so it can be openly received. All of those are skills and sometimes they happen with without us being taught and sometimes we have to be taught how to do them but it's possible to learn um as far as the experience uh so i teach in my program school of sexual sorcery the five transcendent orgasms that i've discovered that are possible for all women with vulvas to experience there's extended clitoral which goes on and on and on um those who've who've taken a workshop with me or have heard a podcast before. No, I refer to what we, our intro level orgasm as a ding and done, which is a clitoral rise peak fall, which is great. We love ding and duns and there's so much more beneath that iceberg. So I teach extended clitoral, which goes on and on. I teach G-spot squirting gushing, which is exactly what it sounds like. I teach how to experience cervical, which it sounds like is what you experienced, which is often deeply emotional. I mean, immensely pleasurable, but requires an extensive level of trust, vulnerability, and openness. And then beyond that, I teach non-genital breath. And um, the fifth one is what I call holy grail orgasms or orgasms that go on for like 10 plus minutes. And you don't know when they begin or end or like how they happen. And you are rewired and transformed from these five transcendent orgasms. So my guess is that what you're describing is a cervical orgasm just based on how you described it and the the level of trust that you felt with your partner and how tenderly you were held in that experience it sounds like an incredibly healing not only physically pleasurable but emotionally rewiring experience which is what orgasms and sex can be yeah oh wow um okay so many things First of all, thank you, thank you, thank you for setting that foundation of where this conversation can go because it is so mind-blowing the amount of women that I work with that have experienced sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. Like it is it literally blows my mind. And just in like the retreat that I just recently hosted, I would say 
over half the women have experienced some level of sexual trauma. Um, and that is just, and, and, you know, and just looking at the, oh, it's just, it's so much the way that, because the way I look at it is, you know, when we're working with our sacral energy, which is our divine feminine is essence, which is that sensuality. It is that it is you, it is the essence of you. And that is you in your divine flow. And when you are being yourself and you are being free and then you are in that divine essence of yourself. And then something traumatic happens in that moment, that energy gets sucked in and it's like, nope, not safe to be me because look what just happened. Yes. And that, I mean, if you can see my fist right now, like it's the way that it heightens up so much, that whole energy center, the whole entire essence of you is drawn up, not safe to be expressed. And so for us to go through the healing that we must go through to allow that divine essence of ourselves to be expressed and to feel that safety within without knowing that you can be that version of you and, and not get hurt. Like, yes, yes, that was something really bad happened and it was not, um, with consent. And, and that in itself is the trauma is the way that your body holds on and, and locks up in that, in those memories that in itself is the trauma because we are allowing that situation to be our new normal and to control us. And, and so it is just, that is all part of the healing experience. And that doesn't even go like into the past lifetimes. I mean, because we have experienced many lifetimes over and over and over and the sexual trauma that has been put on us, I mean, like truly forced upon us for so long. It's like, we just have felt like we just take it. And, and I wanted to, um, comment also on the, you know, the giving too much. So for me, and, and I feel like this is a huge, and it's connected back to that divine feminine sacral essence of ourselves. So our masculine energy is the giving, give, 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 right? And the receiving is our feminine energy. And that is, you know, that's the receiving side, the ease and the flow and just taking, just laying back and actually literal receiving. Well, for me personally, and with most women that I work with, we have been so heavy in our masculine energy because we have to do everything. We have to work, cook, clean, be, you know, we have to do like literal everything. And, and so because that's just like in our nature to give, 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 it's like, it's fine. I will take care of you. I will give. And, and we just allow that to be the normal. And it wasn't until, and, and I will say I had gotten very much in a point where I was resentful around my sex life because I was the one giving because I was not open to receive. I was not in receivership. I was angry. I was frustrated that, oh, he wants me again. Like, oh my God, like I'm here. I am just, a, you know, just something for you, you know, just another way to, to give to you. And, but it was all me. It was because I was not open to receive 
more of that love that, I mean, cause chances are like, you know, if you're in a healthy relationship, like for me, as an example, I'm in a healthy relationship, like my man, he loves me. And it was not fair for me to be so angry at him because I was not willing to receive his love in the way that he wanted. And he's a Scorpio in the way that he wanted and needed to pour into me and show his love. And I, to me, it was just like, I kept rejecting his love over and over and over again because I was angry. Yeah. And, and so in that healing of leaning back into softening my, my divine feminine energy, that's why the divine feminine energy is so important so that you can receive so that you are softer so that you have that healthy, healthy balance of giving and receiving. And there was a huge transitional phase in our relationship where I did set boundaries for the first time in our relationship. I was like, you know, it was a sacred no, where I, as I would had never really said no before, cause he was my husband and I had a duty to make him happy. And he let me continue to just, you know, like he wasn't worried about me, <laughs> you know, he was like worried about him because I just kept providing and serving in that way. So he was like, cool, she must be cool with it. Right. Because she just keeps giving and giving and giving. Meanwhile, I was not expressing my true voice of frustration and anger. And so as I began to heal, you know, really work on this personal growth journey of myself and, and create boundaries and lean into my divine feminine, like, what does that mean? How, how, what does it mean if I say no to my husband or if I'm not, you know, like if I stood with that sacred, no, like you said. Um, and so there was a learning curve of who is this version of me that has boundaries and, and doesn't just give because it's my duty, but I'm, I'm giving and receiving from a place of wholeness, from a place of like, what does Vaughn really want? How do I want to feel? How do I want to receive? How can I shift my relationship from anger and frustration to love and abundance and more giving me more? So that was huge, huge, huge for me. And I know that there are so many women that are really leaning deeper into that receivership right now, like really opening up their heart more and, and truly becoming more open to receive. So talk to me about that, um, in the receivership in that way. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I'm, I'm so in awe of you recognizing in yourself, the resentment and what you needed to give yourself to not feel it. Cause that's really what resentment is. It's an indication to us of where we are not honoring ourselves. It's rarely about someone else. And almost always in my experience, it's a boundary that we are not recognizing needs to be put in place so we can hold on to and honor what we need to show up in the relationships we're in and the way we wanna show up. And then that comes out sideways at anger and resentment at our partner, our friend, our child, et cetera. So I see a few patterns in the women I work with in sexual, and I will say I I don't work exclusively with cisgender, uh, which are people who identify as the genders they're assigned at birth, heterosexual man, woman couples. Mostly I work with cisgender heterosexual individuals in this capacity, though not always. I will say that I am most well-versed in energetics and uh, sexual energetics and relational energetics in those containers. And I feel best qualified to help 
individuals who are in those kinds of relationships. There are certainly adaptations that could be made for other forms of relationships. And those other forms of relationships I see as completely valid and also not something that I can share from a place of conviction in the way I can about these. So all that I share is with my expertise, I'll call it in heterosexual cisgender dynamics. Um, but I see between these relationships, several pervasive themes, and none of them are done or entered into with ill intent. In fact, it's quite the opposite. So there are messages that we as women are, are receiving that either our pleasure doesn't matter, it is hard for us to have an orgasm and research backs this up in cisgender heterosexual sexual encounters, penis having partners are two times more likely than vulva having partners to have a singular orgasm during a sexual experience. But resentment builds in that belief column because women in bodies with vulvas are tremendously orgasmic. Like I heard it compared in a book, like, um, and not to say that men's pleasure isn't important or men can't be multi-orgasmic, they can, but women's bodies, women's sexual appetite is like that of an adult at a buffet. It would be like giving a woman a child's portion, like to have like a singular orgasm or no orgasm would not be a full meal because women in these bodies have this extraordinary capacity for for pleasure that they don't know they have. And that is where resentment often comes from. They are not satisfied and they don't know why. And it's because what they're being, what they're allowing themselves to experience isn't actually what's fully satisfying to them, but they don't have the awareness of it. And their partners think that, that if a woman has an orgasm that that satisfies her when rarely that's the case because she has such a breadth of capacity to experience pleasure. So it's really, it's misinformation and misunderstanding. And I think a lot of women feel in their bodies this, this lack of satisfaction. And they look at, you know, well, like, I have, I have great sex with my partner, like, he, he cares about my pleasure, like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling resentful still? And certainly, if a, if a woman is not orgasming and her partner is like that's where things really deteriorate so for women who are coming out of that cycle who are waking up to the fact that oh can i swear on your podcast yeah. I almost yeah. <laughs> okay yeah. i was like oh shit. <laughs> like i am not feeling like there's something off here and it cannot continue i think a lot of that learning for a lot of people first comes through their body. I will share my story. So for me, I like you had this beautiful, exquisite first experience with sex. It was with a partner I love deeply, who I know deeply cared about me. I was in my late teens and then, um, you know, had some experiences after that that were not as connected. I had, trans I had transcendent orgasms from like out the gate and thought that they were because of that partner because then in subsequent relationships like they didn't happen i was like oh no like oh no they're gone but really it was within me so 
and it wasn't until my third no i'll take that back in my early 20s i dated someone and keep in mind i grew up in greenville south carolina i well i didn't grow up in a in an oppressed household i grew up in an oppressed area of the country it's like buckle the bible belt and um sexual education in south carolina is notoriously lacking <laughs> like pleasure is not something i was taught about so i had this experience of what sex could be and all this messaging that like that was just a fluke essentially that this transcendent experience i had was just a fluke that it was hard for me to have pleasure as a woman in this body that like sex is mostly for the man and like sometimes women enjoy it and that was really the messaging and i allowed that to play out in my sexual relationships by like not experiencing pleasure as much as my partner and that was something that registered in my body is feeling bad but i didn't know why it felt bad because it was fed to me as normal mm. and it wasn't until i dated someone in my early 20s and our first sexual experience together was all about me like he got nothing and i kid you not vaughn it was radical like oh my god you mean it can be just about me and like you receive pleasure from me getting pleasure what the f what rewired so many things in me without my conscious awareness so when i say that things happen in our body and we're awakened to realities and needs and growth in our body it's through things like that and there are obviously you have to be in relationships that feel deeply safe and where there's communication and there's openness and that takes two people. But something that I think is deeply powerful it, for all women to experience is to be sexually worshiped and given to with abandon by a partner who loves to see them in pleasure. And if you're with a man, chances are he wants to see you in ecstatic pleasure like men feed on that it creates this incredible loop and he may not know what that's like to experience if he hasn't seen you or another partner in that way because men this isn't information any of us are taught none of us know this uh, i mean maybe some of us do but i certainly didn't so to create an initiating experience in which you are given to solely without obligation and in fact with the clear expectation that you will not be giving in return will change you and it will change your partner and you will feel more open you will feel more receptive you will learn things about your body and you will learn how to prioritize you and feel like your partner advocates for you too which is a really important part of this of this piece then we could talk about things like um orgasmic ratio and what's needed to to stair step out of that if that's been your dynamic for years like there are things that you can do if you are in the place of registering oh i'm i'm feeling really resentful and i feel like i'm giving and i'm doing this for someone else and it's not for me and i'm not being seen i hear you i've been there you can you can shift out of that place and what i'm experiencing now vaughn i like I want every woman to experience it because I didn't know this was possible. Wow. And, it, and it's something that is consistent. It's not right. something that is attributed to anything outside of myself. I can have these orgasms by myself. You can have these orgasms that transform you 
that stay with you for days by yourself. It is within you to experience this. And I want every woman to experience that. Yes. Um, Okay. Two things. First thing, what you were just talking about, about truly just laying there and receiving or not just laying there, but in the experience of knowing that there was nothing that was going to be in return. I have never had an experience like that with my husband. I would suggest it. I I mean, like, as you were talking, I was like, I, I mean, and he would be totally down with it, but it's like me that was like, oh, well, if I'm receiving pleasure, then I have to be able to provide that for you. Like, that was my, like, I'm like, what, how have I never, because he would do it in a minute. Right. But then also at the same time, I know, I know me and I know our relationship that in the next minute I'd be like, oh, but let me take care of you, you know, but like to set that intention of, wow, weird. This is going to be all about me. Like there is, do not let do in setting that boundary of do not even let me attempt to take care of you after like, this is just about me. And beyond that, if you have a, if you set this, I'm sure you're, I mean, from what I know about your husband, he sounds like an extraordinary partner and someone who loves and adores you. He sounds like a wonderful, wonderful human. And I'm sure that if you express this desire and what it would do for you, that he would be an absolute fuck yes. Where we get into the sexual healing component, which is what I love teaching, is when we take it a step beyond like how I need to show up to receive this healing. And we take it into like requesting from our partner, like, here's how you can help me go deeper into opening to levels that I can't take myself. And that is like by having your partner set the intention, like have a conversation beforehand of what your desires are, like negotiate what, what works for you. And then in the moment, have your part, like your partner sets the intention, like this is what is going to happen. And I've had experiences like this with partners too, who've said, you know, I am going to do this. I want you to take your time, take as long as you want. And then like, then they're like, I don't want anything. Like, I just want to experience you in pleasure because what you're going to find when you do that is that you do give your partner pleasure, but it's, it's not, it's from a place of your own pleasure. They are still receiving deeply and it will shift your relationship and radical and magical ways because what you will learn is that in everything that you do you can give by receiving yes you can yes 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 you can give by receiving and that is so and i know that but it's just so funny how i was like trying to imagine that scene and just like how i was like my automatic response was like, no, 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 I have to, to, and, and it's not him. It's me. Like that automatic response of like, if I am taken care of, I have to take care of him. Like there's something in that, like give and receive, like it has to be equal. And, and that's the thing is if it's not in, um, you know, that's not just in my relationship, my intimate relationship with my husband, but probably with every relationship, like everything that I do, you know, like me having this thing of like, it has to be even, and I've got to make it this for that. Right. Right. Which it just doesn't have to be that way. And, and it it makes sense why it is, because if we think about going back to our, you know, our, our ancestral lineage and what we, as women, what women have had 
to en endure and go through. We were dependent on men until very recently in modern history. I mean, unless you count the ancient civilizations that were matriarchal and, but for the duration of the patriarchy, we have been beholden to men for our survival. So this feeling of, I have to give back in order, it, it, the, real, the real story is in order to be safe and survive, like I have to be of service, I have to be of, of value or I will be abandoned left to die. Mm -hmm is what is under that and the it's so transformative to like there if you if you do this i will go i will be completely forthcoming and saying that there is going to be you're going to hit edges mm -hmm. you're going to experience a lot of discomfort emotionally probably even if you have a partner who's willing and is totally game it's going to be a departure from our entire way of existing but what you will find is that when you are nourished and you have a partner who is giving and who is receiving pleasure from your pleasure you will learn that it is safe for you to receive and when you're receiving openly and like sharing that energy and that experience with a partner, you're nourishing your partner. So it's it shifts that I have to explicitly give to you to be a value into I have to be open to receiving you abundantly giving to me in all the ways you want and you experience my energy. And that is something that only I can offer. It's powerful. Yeah, it is like just, just, oh boy, I feel the resistance in my, <laughs> in my heart and which is, I just love, I love the resistance because, you know, as much as I think my heart is wide open, I know that there's that layer there that is like, nope, you know? And so that's exciting for me because I know that I'm about to break through another layer through that. And it makes me I feel the resistance. I feel the emotion stirring just in that creating that scene. And that brings me back, you know, to the self-pleasure thing, because it is almost easier for me to surrender and, and self-pleasure myself, you know, like I, um, which, all right, I, I want to make sure these two things are separate. Like I, I hear what you're saying and I'm excited about that conversation to have with my husband and to explore that, what that can look like and feel like. Okay. Now I want to go into the self-pleasure conversation because I love pleasuring myself. When, when I first started exploring me, it's almost like you know, we talk a lot about self-love, you know, you've got to learn to love all, all aspects of yourself. And so when I was exploring the intimacy part being becoming intimate with myself, it's like, I, I was falling in love with myself and this is going to sound so like wild, but it's like, I wanted, I wanted to fuck myself, Yes, you know, like I wanted to feel it. So, and I wanted to give that to myself. I wanted to, oh, like just saying that, like every cell in my oh, body like, is yeah, awakening yeah, it. because that, that is the thing. Like if we cannot allow ourselves that level of deep pleasure from ourselves, there's, I don't think that we're able to receive it from that level from a partner. What are your thoughts on that? 
it could go both ways. It could, it could be initiated by that desire, that deep self-love first in the way it sounds like it is with you, where you want to give to you. You love yourself. You want to fuck yourself. You want to ravage yourself. Or it could be gifted to you by a partner who reflects that worthiness back to you first before you recognize it in yourself or even have capacity to experience it. That's the beautiful thing about this, that it doesn't have to be one way. You can you can initiate yourself or you can be initiated by another, but it's completely accessible and possible regardless of the path. If you haven't reached a point of being like so in love with yourself that you want to fuck yourself, like that doesn't register to you. That doesn't mean that this is like, that's not the prerequisite to experience this. You can still have that. And my journey is actually different. Like I, I loved orgasms from the time I discovered what they were. And it wasn't until I was received and held in a, in a partnership by somebody who like for the first time it cracked me open in ways i didn't know i could be cracked open that i experienced in myself that level of self-love because it was reflected back to me i think that's so beautiful that we have opportunity to illustrate these two different sides because my journey into this this place that i feel like we're both in in terms of awakening our sexuality and sharing that with other women who are awakening theirs, we came about it through, through different pathways. And there's no one right pathway. If you are, if you are not experiencing what one of us is experiencing or has experienced, that doesn't mean that it's not possible for you. Like we have completely different experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is my, and, and the experiences get to be different, like year by year, month by month, day by day, you know, like it gets to be, different because we're constantly are, you know, like I, like I said, I'm turned 50 this summer. I am in menopause. I like my body, the way I feel in my skin is different, like in a beautiful way. And, you know, like, okay, so that was never there before. And now, you know, like, so I, it's like, I'm navigating all these new ways of being with myself um, yeah. and loving myself and, and receiving from my husband. And, oh, I mean, it's just, you know, we just, we're, we're constantly evolving and, and like I said, a minute, you know, before we press record is like the, the sexual evolution, you know, just as your soul is evolving, your, your sexual intimacy aspects of yourself should always be evolving as well. And I will also say, I think that that's so you and I have talked about the fuckery of ageism and how women are seen. Like I see you as this incredibly wise goddess who like only becomes more beautiful as she ages. And it's so inspiring. I'm not that much younger than you. I'm 38, but it's so inspiring me to hear you sharing that uh, in approaching menopause, you're having the best sex of your life. And I want this to land for every woman, regardless of your age, you do not dry up. Like that is not the actual reality. You become, like you evolve and you continue evolving and your sexuality and your pleasure gets to do that along with you. And I think you're a beautiful example of that, Vaughn. I will say that for me, 
I didn't awaken to these parts of myself. This isn't something that despite my beautiful intro into sex was always there. I didn't awaken to my body's capacity to experience what I now know it can experience till I was 33. I have only known about this for five years. I had inklings of it long ago, but five years, five years, no matter where you are in life, it is not too late. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, I, you know, in my very first experience, I had an orgasm, but I don't recall having, you know, and I had partners throughout that 23 to 28 when I met my, my now husband, I I don't remember having an orgasm from that first point until that, you know, until becoming intimate with my husband, you know? And, and so that's, and then it just went from there, but it wasn't until me 43, when I started taking my own personal well-being into my own happiness, into my own hands, literally, um, and really exploring what that meant. And, you know, I want to talk about the sexual evolution. Um, last summer, I did this open to receive course where we work with a yoni egg and Mm. which I, it was amazing. I, I love it, love it, love it because it's a safe container where we can just go there, you know, like we can go there and, and talk about all these things. And, and we're like literally healing our, our energy centers to become open to receive energetically, sexually, you know, all all the things. I love that. And, um, but what I was going to say was nodding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but when I was working with the Yoni egg, um, well, I, I experienced it for the first time, like three years prior to that. And that was it, like really, really working with the crystal, a Yoni egg, by the way, for those listening is it's a crystal shaped egg that you wear inside of your vagina and, um, and the healing crystal properties, you know, really were, you know, just like you wear a crystal on your bracelet, we're wearing this inside of us. And it really is very, very, very powerful. I had an incredible profound experience with it. And that's why I offered the course and I will probably offer it again this summer. Um, but what I was going to say is I have the best orgasms with that yoni egg inside of me while we're having sex. And this past summer though. And I, you know, like I said, I've worked with the Yoni egg many times before we've had intimate experiences many times before, but this particular season of my life, and it has not happened again since I was laughing. I mean, we were having, I was having orgasms that were so intense that I literally was like, I could not stop laughing. And it was so, it like just would fill up my entire body. And it was, like I said, it was just that season of life that my body needed to heal that particular layer. Um, and and it happened for just that, 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 that month, you know, and it's like, I have not been able to have a, he would call it my tickle box. Like I'm going to turn on your tickle box, um, because I just could not stop laughing. And so he, I have not had a tickle box orgasm again since that, but it was just, you know, like that's where you just have to be in ease and flow. Like every orgasm is not going to be the same and they get to be different and you get to explore deeper aspects of, what it looks like, you know? And, and I just think that that is so fun that 
you know, there's a part of me that's like, I want that orgasm back, but it's like, that's, it's not what I needed. I like, I needed it then. And I, I work through that now and it's like, I don't need it now. It's already a part of me, you know, like that level of joy and ecstasy is, is just a part of my daily life now, you know, because it unlocks something within me that now is just a part of me. That's so beautiful. That's a beautiful way to put it. Oh, thank you for sharing that, Vaughn. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Um, so, okay. Oh, I know. I want to talk about gushing because, <gasps> oh, my oh my God, God. that is, I've talked about this before. <laughs> you know, oh, I always have that response. <laughs> I mean, I am really, I'm, I'm fascinated with it because until I experienced it, I did not know that I felt just porn stars, you know, could same squirt, squirt and gush like that. Like, yeah. but dude, I mean, it, it will go feet. Yes. Like the, all right. So talk to us about gushing for those of people that yes. might not understand what that is. So gushing is a form of female ejaculation. The all body, all vulva having bodies, um, can squirt, like ejaculate, the amount of fluid varies. The first time I did it, it was just a little bit and I thought I peed, uh, which was mortifying then. And then I learned what it was, but I had no idea how it happened. Fast forward to now when I also am in like never ending fountain is, is basically the status. Um, so it is a natural response. It is a natural thing that happens. And yes, there are porns in which it is over-exaggerated and cinematized, but it is something that our bodies can do. And how it happens, from what I understand, and granted I'm not an expert on the exact mechanics of it, that's not what my focus of education or teaching is. I'm here for the transformation. I don't really give a shit how it happens, (laughs) but I want you to experience it. But the in the G-spot, there are glands similar to the prostate um, and when highly aroused they fill with fluid and when gushing happens this fluid is released and it doesn't matter if you pee before sex like you can hear the glands fill with fluid again and so gushing is the release of this fluid Female ejaculation can happen in conjunction with climax. It can happen not in conjunction with climax. It it but I consider it whether or not it accompanies an what we would consider an orgasm to be orgasmic because it is still an energetic and physical release. It requires deep vulnerability, deep openness and is transformative to experience and it is transformative to experience. It's so funny having this call. I was on a call with a girlfriend yesterday. who's like, oh my God, I have to tell you what happened last week. And she had a gushing orgasm with her partner of multiple years for the first time. She's like, I was shaking after I had no idea it could happen. I was like, yes, I'm in my kitchen, like jumping up and down. Like, yes, this, this is amazing. Um, did that answer your question? I get so excited yeah, talking no, about orgasms. That I just like go on my tangents and share no, what I that share. Is perfect. Perfect. That's perfect because I didn't realize that it was, I mean, I knew it wasn't like pee, you know, but I didn't know exactly what it was. And um, it is not that you are urinating on your partner. Right. Like 
it so is I love not, it. It's like the glands, like, the uh, like glands you, yeah, go, you explained that perfectly. Yeah. So the, from what I've read, there is some, like some fluid comes from, some people are like, oh, it's mostly pee. And some people are like, oh, it's not pee. It's not as though you are urinating on your partner. Right. That's not what's happening. Yeah. It's a, it's an it's not coming from your process. bladder, basically. It's, it's not coming, coming from, from your, these yeah, glands, right, right? And there right. might be some like, urine compounds in it, but the chemical structure is not that of urine. It's right. it's a different substance. Yes, yes. Oh my god, I love it. Oh, I love it. I mean, like once you. Okay. All right. So, uh, cause let's assume there's some women listening that have never experienced a gushing. I'd say that's a safe assumption. Yeah. Let's assume. Okay. So assuming there's no one that has experienced this, um, what, how would you guide them? Like what, how, so it is like a G spot orgasm. So you can squirt without Okay. Physical stimulation. Like it's right. possible to do that. But if you are beginning to learn about this and explore this, I can walk, I can walk your listeners, get your notepad ready, ladies. Okay. So here is how I would recommend beginning to explore this. So just to lay some foundation, when we think of, um, there's this, this myth that vaginas have to be tight, we need a tight vagina. What needs to happen in order for squirting or gushing to occur is there has to be the ability to constrict in the muscles and the ability to relax. So I'm going to first start by teaching a method of doing Kegels that I teach like in School of Sexual Sorcery. So if you sit on a firm surface and you pay attention to the triangle between your sits bones and your pubic bone, that's your pelvic floor. So we're going to think of lifting our pelvic floor up off of the chair. So instead of just tensing, we're going to think of lifting. So lift, hold, release, and like really release, like feel it go back to the level it was at and then feel it relax a little bit further. Did you feel that? Yeah. When you're doing that, do you also feel like your, your butt, does that yeah. naturally tighten up too when you're doing mm -hmm. that? Okay, yeah. Okay, that's okay. part of your pelvic, that's okay. part of your pelvic floor, okay, anus, got it. perineum, um, yes, all of that's connected. Okay. So when we are doing Kegels, a lot of the times there's focus on this tightening, on this contraction, and we're not getting that full relaxation and release, which is really important to have that range of motion. You want an agile, articulate vagina, not a tight, clenched one. It's like a fist. If you have a fist, you're not going to be able to do as much with it as a hand that can move and has full range of motion. So a practice that I like to encourage women to do is to practice this like lifting Kegel. So lifting up, tighten when it's up and then release and then really release, like even push down just ever so slightly. So you have your building range of motion <clears throat> to explore G-spot orgasms. First, Put away any expectation or pressure on yourself to have one. Step into this experience with awareness and exploration and openness and curiosity to see what happens. And if it doesn't happen the first time, it might not happen the first time. Like that is okay. There's there's no right, no wrong way to do this. You're exploring your body. You're inviting, not achieving. So 
I love to suggest like a ritual, especially for women who are not in a place of self-love and intimacy with their own bodies. Find a way to bring yourself into loving connection with your body. It could be a bath. It could be self-massage. It could be looking at yourself in the mirror and telling yourself genuine compliments about things you love about your body. Anything that will bring you into a place of self-love and openness. Then get yourself aroused in whatever way you want to get yourself sexually aroused. And when you are aroused, if you insert your finger, a finger into your vagina, about two knuckles deep-ish, and it varies woman to woman, is the G-spot. And when aroused, it feels engorged. It protrudes from the vaginal wall a bit, and it feels like the texture of a walnut. That's how I would describe it. That is the source of your g-spot ejaculatory orgasms if you are not comfortable inserting a finger yet there are toys that i recommend using to begin to explore this and honestly like they can be easier than using a hand because hands fatigue especially with the angle we need to use them at if we're self-pleasuring so i'm a big fan of some of the toys i have so when you are inviting these orgasms you're going to focus stimulation on the g-spot I would suggest overshooting the G-spot so you're not targeting the middle of that protruding tissue, you're targeting the top of it, so a little bit further up, so you can make contact with the full gland. And you can do that through stroking, but you want there to be pressure. It's not just a touch, it's like a pressure. And when you do this, that you can do it in whatever way feels good, but as it starts to, as arousal starts to build, going really fast helps and there's a little bit of a bearing down so going back to what you did in that relaxed phase of the kegel that's what you're going to embody that's what you're going to do in your body when you're learning how to experience these it's more about the relax than the clench you might feel like you have to pee that's not what's going on. It might feel really strange if you haven't done it first. And by all means, listen to your body. If it doesn't feel good, like you don't have to do anything, but that's a normal sensation feeling like you have to pee because that gland is filling with fluid. It might not have filled with fluid like that because it hasn't been touched like that before. And then with stimulation, there will be a release of that fluid when you learn how to, how to relax and sort of at first, you might need to bear down a little bit to invite it, but that's yeah. what I would suggest doing to, to begin exploring these. Yeah. And, you know, leaning deeper into, I, for me, I feel like this is a very intuitive exercise, like leaning into how your body is speaking to you, like go a little more to the left, go a little more to the right, go up here, go down here, like explore your body, explore the possibilities because we don't know what is possible. We, we don't know what, what next level of ecstasy is available to us. And, but the only way to find it is to explore, discover, play. Yeah. And, and I just, um, I, I love, I love this conversation and I love what you are doing and this, we, it is imperative that we allow more of this expression, this, this form of ecstasy 
to be used as an expression because it truly is, it's your, you know, a sex aside, this is your sensuality. This is the expression of like freedom and expression of who you are. And I will say like my orgasms, the more I like let down the guards and I pursue the, the letting go and the being and the freedom of my body and allowing myself to just play and explore more of me has been witnessed. Like, I'm like, Oh my God. It's like, I didn't know this was inside of me, you know, like all of this is inside of us. And that's what your point is exactly. Like all of this is inside. It doesn't matter. I mean, us inside of every single woman listening. And this is true even for women who have never experienced orgasm. This works for women who have never experienced orgasm. And that's not that's not an indication of their bodies being different and incapable. It's just it hasn't been unlocked yet. But yes. Yeah. It it can be. Yes. I've seen it. Yes, absolutely. And so what what are like the main on that note, it can be unlocked. Like what are the main things that these women need to be able to, to feel in their body for that to happen? From, it, it really depends on the individual and what it is that she has been taught, what the stories are she's telling herself about her body, about her sexuality. But generally speaking, it's a combination of some or all of the following things. So there are the shame stories that we have, that we carry, that we subconsciously believe and perpetuate. There is a lack or unawareness of connection to our body and the messages that it's telling us. So tapping back into that, rebuilding that connection because our bodies are our most honest informants. Our bodies don't lie to us. And for women who, for example, have never experienced an orgasm, it's not an indication. I always say it's not an indication that there's something wrong with you. It's an indication that your body is working really, really hard at protecting you. It's a beautiful thing. So when you learn how to connect to your body and hear the messages it's saying, you can begin to work with what it's telling you and start opening in new ways. I also work with women on learning how to experience sensation in different ways and amplify sensation in different in new ways so that the the receiving they do get is more deeply received and then their experience of it can be more deeply received by the part or their partner the world etc it makes them more available when they are more available to what they are receiving um and then there's a, a very small part of it but an important part of it is technique and practice ways that we actually bring these learnings into your body because until things are felt in your body they live in your head and that's not what governs our reality and our expectations we learn through what we feel and what our body expects to be possible so when we start to shift what we feel in our bodies we start to shift what we expect in our reality we start to experience a different reality Mm. perfect perfectly said Wow. Mm, this was such a beautiful conversation. Um, I don't want it to end, but <laughs> like, I just, I just feel like there's just so much more um, that 
you know, it's just these conversations are just really, really, really important to have. And I, I hope that this lands with women and I hope that it, you know, even if you are having orgasms, our biggest point here is for you to let them be more, <laughs> you know, like I, I let them be more like, let your, because it is connected to everything else in your life. Let you want more in life. Like you want more abundance in life. Start exploring just that inner network of your orgasmic ecstasy that is within. And then through that, we get to literally expand into more because vibration, right? Energy attracts, you know, like attracts like. And so if you are healing and you're vibrating at a higher frequency, then all of those higher frequencies are going to be coming your way, you know? So, so let let your body explore higher frequency of vibration. And that is what happens with an orgasm. Like your body is vibrating. Your energy is vibrating. And it's like, it's literally like shaking away all the dense density that is that you're holding onto. So just let your body be free. Work on that. Work on the on the shame, because that was a huge part of my unraveling was letting go of the shame and the, yeah. and the guilt and just bad decisions and, and the energetics of, of, of past lovers, you know, like yes. that's actually a huge thing when I'm working with my, when I was working with myself and working with women now, like when I, I mean, we, we hold on, you know, especially if we're ones that like are really holding only two things, then you're holding on to your energies, past lovers, you know, then it's all there. So we really releasing and purging and intentionally just being like, I release, I release, I release, I am free. I want to let go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That was beautiful. Well, what, what were you going to say? I, I was just going to say for anyone who is hungering for these conversations, I know women from doing the workshops I've done in the groups that I've led, hop in my DMs if you need someone who is open to hearing and talking about this. I love hearing your stories. I love connecting. These are conversations that are needed. And I, this is an open invitation to anyone hearing this who has resonated with something in it. Please connect with me, share how this has impacted you. I want to offer to all women spaces where they can begin to talk about, even talk about these things. Um, if you're on Instagram, my handle's at embodied mama, E M B E M B O D I E D underscore M A M A. I would love to hear from you. And Vaughn, I can't wait to hear about this, this pleasure exploration with your husband. I know. Okay. I'm like, we're going to make a date and, and it's going to happen. And I'll definitely let you know how it goes. Um, so you have the school of sexual sorcery. Is that right? Is that, it did is. I say it right? Okay. And so you have your next course coming out in September. Yes. The next cohort of school okay. of sexual sorcery. That's the group program in which I teach women how to experience these five transcendent orgasms, build 
trust and safety in their partnerships, if they're in one so that they can open to deeper levels or how to experience that trust and safety within themselves so they can explore these regardless of whether they're in partnership. That opens in, or that begins in September. The wait list is open if you want to jump in that. I work one-on-one with women. I work with some couples and um, I also, I have a women's retreat, the Women Who Roar retreat at the end of August coming up. All information about those is available on my website. Yeah, and I'll I'll make sure I put all your stuff in the show notes as well. But it's uh, pleasuresorcery.com where you can find links to all my socials, information about all my events and join the wait list or sign up for the retreat. It's going to be, it's going to be magical. Yeah. And it's going to be at the same place where I just hosted my retreat. It is. And um, I went to my first Women Who Roar event this past Sunday and it is, it's a whole vibe. I mean, it is powerful. It is like a full on expression of whatever needs to be expressed through you. Like talk about total permission and freedom to be, that is a space. So I can only imagine in retreat form, what that will look like. Oh, I'm so excited. I, I, I always tell people that I feel like it's such a gift that I was chosen to, to channel this with my, with my part, with my co-facilitator Liz, because if, if these spaces were not coming through me, I would, I would be going to them and to witness and hold space for these forms of expression. It's, um, it's, oh my God, it's incredible. It's incredibly healing to me to see women experiencing themselves fully expressed often for the first time without shame and with liberation and abandon and remembering parts of themselves they didn't know they'd lost touch with or that were lying dormant. Um, it's one of the greatest gifts of my life. Absolutely. And this is the way we will heal the world. Yes. I, I it, it is through the embodied woman that is free and exploratory and passionate and excited about all aspects of herself, all and, aspects of herself. I mean, I cannot say this enough, all the good, the bad, the ugly, like yes. all aspects. And in connection with other women, like, yeah. it, it's like the tide rises all ships. Yep. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, well, thank you so much for your wisdom today and just for creating this safe space to have this conversation and, and just explore and jam out. So thank you very much. I'm excited to receive some feedback, how this conversation lands with people. So we both are inviting you to, to, share how this, how you feel, like how, if it wants you, if it leaves you wanting more, or if it makes you feel uncomfortable, like all of the, all the things that you're feeling is just an invitation for you to explore more of yourself. So let us know and, and share with a friend or just let this be a conversation that isn't taboo because it's not like, this is, this is us. We, we are women they get to have these experiences and these deep conversations and, 
and I'm here for it personally. And I know you are too. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I honor you. I see you. I respect you. I love you. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks again, Whitney. I am so grateful you played in the cosmos with me today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you left a review so other open-minded souls can come along this quantum healing journey too. I am most active over on Instagram. So come find me at Vampiro and say hello. Talk to you soon.